0: You're listening to Additive Snack, the podcast dedicated, created, and streamed to support you on your additive manufacturing journey through stimulating education, compelling discussions on cutting-edge technologies, and inspiring personalities. I am Fabian Ahlerfeldt, part of the award-winning consulting, engineering, and education team called Additive Minds here at EOS in North America. And I'm your host. Last week, we talked to Mike Vasquez. Besides running 3Degrees Consulting and 3Degrees Discussions, he's also driving many educational initiatives in the additive manufacturing industry. And due to his material science background, he also has very interesting thoughts on the future of materials in additive manufacturing. This week, though, we're excited to have Duan Scott on the show. I met Duan at IMTS, in the IMTS Creators Lounge to be specific. And what's interesting about Duan is that he wears so many hats in the AM industry. He's the founder of bits 2 adams a company that supports various initiatives in additive manufacturing, from design for AM events to business development activities and many other initiatives. He's also a teaching assistant at the MIT additive manufacturing for innovative design and production program. And he holds roles at the 3MF consortium, designed for AM Substack and form apps, But there's so much more. So let's just listen into our conversation from IMTS. All right. Welcome to IMTS. I'm Fabian Allefeld. I'm the host of Additive Snack and also part of the EOS team in uh, yeah, focusing on additive manufacturing. Today with me, I have Duan, Duan Scott. And uh, yeah, Duan, you are such a important piece of the additive manufacturing industry you've been in it for for a long time and uh, yeah you've got so many projects going on we discussed this outside the door for a second as well what's the latest and greatest from the great juan
1: well cool thanks for the introduction and hyperbole that i don't need to do myself now which is great uh at the moment what i'm working on is really around education so the, the core thing I'm working on is the DFAM Substack, which is about educating people on design for additive manufacturing and getting others to help educate each other because I, don't, I know so much and yeah. there's w- way more expertise in the world. So it's, what I'm trying to do is like bring a forum forward so people can talk about design because there's a lot of talk in additive manufacturing about machines, materials, and process, and not so much as I think there should be about design. So that's, that's kind of my core focus at this point in time.
0: That's that's very interesting that you that you say education because I think in that case we have the same mission which is educate not only the additive manufacturing industry but more importantly the industry out there here at IMTS who are just getting into additive manufacturing and are really trying to figure out how do I use that technology
1: yeah we we can't we can't just stay in the bubble and and sing to the choir we have to go out and bring in new converts and that's the thing is to make design for additive normal so now there's experts who like as Joris Peel says, are the design wizards. Yeah. But we want it to just be, as you learn for injection molding, as you learn for sheet metal, as you learn for welding or, or whatever, or f- even wood fabrication, you should learn some aspects of additive and then you can deep dive from there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you've walked the show a little bit before you, you came I to this show. I just got
1: here like maybe an hour ago. So okay, so you
0: like, didn't walk the show yet, no, but no, not enough. What are you? What are you most excited about uh, when you think about IMTS in the next few days? That uh, that that you'll experience it for IMTS in particular. It's
1: the bleed, as we say, from. It's not an additive show. It's a manufacturing show, and although there is a little hallway of additive manufacturing companies where people can go and focus, they're also interdispersed throughout this. Throughout the whole event now, and I think that's really important to normalize it and to spread it beyond the niche that the bubble that we live in, and get exposed to more people. And especially when it's reputable, like known names in manufacturing are, are doing it as well, it helps to normalize it and make it less seem less risky for people who are risk adverse.
0: Yeah, additive manufacturing does seem like a risky. Risky Endeavor when you don't really know the technologies and there's so many different new organizations out there. Um, and you, So you put together uh, a platform called the DFAM, and DFAM, by the way, stands for Design for Additive Manufacturing, uh, the DFAM Substack. How, how does that help your mission to educate the existing industry but also uh, other industries out there? For,
1: for... For me, it's a way to get information out there with no gatekeepers and no filters. So mm-hmm. I don't have to. I'm, I'm not backed by an existing company, I'm not. So I don't have to tell a narrative that helps any company in particular. It's more about what I think and what the community thinks is good for to help move things forward in design and engineering. Um, and because it's open that means i can be a little bit more critical than i might be if i was working for a specific company yeah for sure and uh and it means that people who i invite other people to write for the Substack, um they're open to write whatever they want and if i do any editing it'll be very very minimal or just to give context so i think having this platform for people to write about design um it's helpful and how well it goes into broader industry, I'm not sure yet because it's we've only been doing it for about six months. But so far the the feedback's been fairly positive.
0: Yeah, I really like the platform. As you said, it's unfiltered, so you get true information that is unbiased and and scrapped of the of the marketing BS that we we yeah. sometimes get in in yeah. all industries of yeah. course. Yeah,
1: and and of course you have to simplify a message when you're doing marketing, so it's easily digestible and you hide some of the less fun things about the technology. So I think it's important to expose that, but then still, you know, not make it seem so risky to to scare away the risk adverse.
0: That is a really good point, and you know, risk averse. People needs need handholding, and they need to really understand also what the state of the art is. Which in additive manufacturing, especially, is very difficult. Yeah. The industry is moving so fast, um, and that also has implications on design. Right? If you think about design for additive manufacturing, in the end, really, three D printing allows for to unlock the creativity within engineers, within designers, within product developers, but. The technology is moving so fast that these design rules that are pretty fixed in other industries are fluid, right? Yeah. A few years ago, we yeah. always said we had the forty-five degree angle rule, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That rule doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the latest and greatest in design for additive manufacturing that people out there who are trying to design their first additive manufacturing part can really leverage and use?
1: Okay, so so the first part, do something easy, like don't set yourself to design the most advanced heat exchanger on the planet for a high risk environment. Yeah. Do something yeah. simple. Make a bracket. Okay. Yep. Hold hold your phone onto your bike. Do something dumb. Make a toothbrush holder. Like do something dumb and get an easy win, just understanding what's possible and then work your way and then make a jig, hold something together to weld something and and like work your way towards like designing for the process and really making something real happen and then as you get more and more comfortable with it you can push the boundaries and the 45 degree thing maybe doesn't matter anymore maybe it's 60 maybe it's 70 maybe it's 90 maybe you can figure out a way to have some sort of heat sink to make it you know an extended flat surface i don't know yeah but i think it's the the both um the industry companies individuals need to go through that journey i think just jumping straight in is going to
0: cause you a world of pain that
1: is that is very
0: true, and you know, what what's very dangerous actually is to jump into a project that is so complex and so difficult yeah. that you burn out, and the risk of a project failure if if you overdo it can actually overshadow the whole additive manufacturing journey yeah. for that of our. And, and
1: it makes sense. So if you're doing it within a company, you want to impress your boss to get budget to yeah. buy to buy the kickass machine. And so you push yourself as far as you can to try and make that happen, and in doing so, you risk failure and you risk him, your boss, he or her, saying, "You just burnt this much time, and now we're back behind schedule." Machine that thing. So I think having that natural, you know, learning curve is is necessary.
0: That is very true, and learning curve is, uh, yeah, is is the perfect segue. To me, the biggest. Influence or the biggest tools you can pull to reduce the risk of getting into any new technology, whether it's additive manufacturing or artificial intelligence, or if you're trying to get move towards digital manufacturing, is education. And uh, you also recently joined the MIT team as a assistant, a teaching assistant in their X Pro program. Tell us a bit more about that because I think that's super, super key to what you do and what yeah. your mission is. Yeah,
1: so the MIT AMX program is a basically a professional workplace development tool. So it's a way for people to get an understanding of additive manufacturing in a broad sense or to, if they already have an understanding of a certain technology, to broaden their understanding into other areas they might not know. And I did my first cohort this year only with them. And I was pretty blown away by the content, to be honest. Like I've been, <laughs> I've been studying this space for like 15 years. And I learned a lot going through all the content again. I was like, oh, wow. It's a, it's a lot to learn, but, um, I think it's critical to have these courses, which this is a 12 week course, uh, 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 it runs over 12 weeks and it's available to anybody around the world. And I think to get MIT level understanding and a basis of knowledge in 12 weeks to then to then help you understand where you can go deeper is, is amazing. Like, and it wasn't possible five years ago. Yeah. And so I think there's and there's more and more courses like this coming together, both from um, uh, educational institutions and private institutions, which I think is a good balance. Uh, and it, it just makes that first step w- way less hard because if you don't have this opportunity to do it online through a reputable source, you have to go through all that pain and dig through marketing BS to find what's real and this sort of – you know, it gives you a, a jump start on, on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm a big fan of the the MIT program. We've, yeah, uh, yeah we're we're about to install a uh, M100 at the MIT as well. Oh, so, cool. uh, yeah, 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 we'll have some nice metal yes. additive manufacturing at the MIT, and uh, hopefully, that can also then spur and give give students and the faculty yeah. access to to add metal additive manufacturing to accelerate that growth. Yeah, uh, and hopefully also bring it into the MIT Expo program.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there's you can learn a lot online, but there's nothing like, you know, seeing the machine and seeing the process and post-processing and depowdering powdering and remo- support removal. It, it makes you understand better, you know, what's really involved. And it's not a magic box. It can do a lot, but you need to put a lot of work to make it happen. And it's the the, the, the more intelligently you design
0: for that, the less work it is afterwards. 100%. And... You know, if if you if you talk to people who are just getting into the industry, they either have two misconceptions. The one misconception is it's it's a one push button technology. I design something, I press print, uh, it's printed, done. The other misconception is additive manufacturing is not ready. It's not a manufacturing technology. It's a prototyping, rapid prototyping technology. And the truth lays, you know, right in the middle. Yeah where additive manufacturing is a zero manufacturing technology we have parts in space we have a part on Mars today on the perseverance rover uh, in their moxie system that generates oxygen out of the mars atmosphere oh, yeah, yeah. that project super cool super cool right we have parts on every rocket that goes into space we have parts on airplanes in the automotive industry um but what's what's interesting is that education is that big barrier and we talked about the MIT and those big universities are doing a lot. But how do we get out of manufacturing closer to the actual workforce that works in manufacturing every day?
1: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. There's, if you look at the academic research, that's on design, on education for design additive. There's a lot of happening in the postdocs and PhDs, and yeah. some in the masters. And then if you look at what's happening, if you ever look on Reddit on 3D printing, it's kids doing STEM courses who have desktop 3D printers, but there's a bit of a gap in between. Exactly. And I think there's hope that, you know, the AM forward uh program from Biden should help spur the understanding that we need to have education in this in the middle space for it to be able to move like. To jump across because, you know, the, the the leap from FDM to a DMLS machine is quite large. That's and a and so, I th- so I think um, we do need more workplace development. And it's, and it's more broadly, I'm not, I don't think it's such a big problem in Germany, but in the US, you know, uh, manufacturing jobs were were seen as inferior for a long time. And since 2000, the 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 amount of people moving to the space and trying to get it like a two-year degree to train or two year education to get into manufacturing has dropped massively. And so there needs to be a move here in the U S at least to help, you know, manufacturing can be a cool job. There's some cool, you get to use cool machines, you get to make things which are substantial and change people's lives significantly. So I think there needs to be just that, um, (laughs) de-uncooling of of manufacturing.
0: Yeah, no. And and you're totally right. I mean, today, we have half a million open jobs in the manufacturing industry. And uh, a study that I sometimes reference is a study by Deloitte uh, that projects that that rate goes up to 2 million by 2030 open jobs in manufacturing. So we have to not only bring people into additive, but bring people into this whole manufacturing industry. And one way to do that is to showcase cool applications, as you said. It's not you know that boring, monotone job anymore. You get to create... Uh, digitalization is finding its way into manufacturing and we talk about digital manufacturing so you know young kids don't only have to go into tech anymore manufacturing as you said can be cool again and can be an attraction for for young talents and what i would like to to hear from you is what are what are some of the most impressive and inspiring applications that you've worked on that you've seen that can help people understand the impact that of manufacturing can actually have.
1: Yeah. So so the inspiring ones are the sexy space, you know, space brackets, rocket parts, combustor engines, all the all the all the wild, and you know Formula One cars, um motorbikes, electric vehicles are all the the sexy things. Yeah. Uh, but but I think part of what's actually cooler is making normal things work better. So when when most of the hardware companies and software material companies do a, do a case study, they want to show something of super high value and say we've saved millions of dollars and X performance and X better heat exchanger. But there's a bunch of things that just need to go inside of it, an existing machine to make it more efficient, which we can 3D print. Mm. And save millions of dollars, so you can you can you can print a you know thirty-five dollar part and make a million-dollar machine work a lot better. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. To yeah. it, it's like it's way crazy. way it's like punching way above your weight. If you can you know print a tiny little part, put it in and make something more efficient. I think that that needs to be called out as being cool, as well as the sexy topology, sexy topology optimization, robotic general design components as well.
0: I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I mean it it really is. There's cool-looking parts, and there's impactful parts, yeah. right? Um, one, one company that I think is, is incredible is, uh, is ReCarbon. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you heard about those guys, but they are working on a carbon capture and utilization system where they, they take the methane, so the CH4 from landfills, mm-hmm. shoot it with a plasma, add some oxygen, oh, yeah, and yeah, turn yeah. that into carbon monoxides and hydrogen. Super impactful application. Uh, they're testing right now in, in Tennessee. It's, they have already 95% And One of the core parts is additively manufactured. Without additive manufacturing, that technology would not work. Yeah, that's it. And it's like
1: there's millions of dollars of process going into that. There's yeah. a bunch of PhDs working on it, and there's a small additive part which goes, you, you can make it real. It can work now because you have this complex geometry, which is only possible in this material, this process. And... If you saw it on the show floor, you'd walk straight past it because you'd think, I don't know, is it some sort of filter or something I assume it looks like, but it's, it adds so much value and, you know, and and the the thing is, if we only showcase the sexy parts and engineers wouldn't understand that they can make these small complex filter type devices or whatever the the geometry is, which can achieve these performances, which unlock so much potential in other manufacturing processes.
0: Exactly. Um, So... What are some of the next events that, uh, that you'll be at where you're doing exactly what we're doing right Fun, now? Funny
1: you ask, yeah. yeah. So, so at the moment, I'm helping uh, uh, Tim Simpson at Penn State organize what may be the first uh, design for additive manufacturing conference event slash accelerator at Penn State on the 27th and 28th of September. Uh, it, so, so what I've seen being in the space for a while is that a lot of the events, um, sales event like R- IMTS, Rapid, Amug is driven by the materials and machines companies, and it makes sense because they're paying the most money for the booths, yeah. and so the the conference sort of sways that way because you have the natural influence of commerce, um, and the and the design the software gets put to the back a little bit and design gets put you know it gets folded in in small places. And so what Tim Simpson and I both came to it about the same time is we'd like to organize this two day intensive where people who are interested in the design process, which feeds every machine and every material to like, to look at what's, what's state of the art, what's evolving new and what can we share with others who are interested in getting deeper into that side of things. And so it's two days in person at Penn State. Um, I think we have like 20 presenters from hardware academia software and practitioners mm-hmm. no materials people they must feel left out but every hardware company has materials now yeah
0: yeah yeah so yeah, it's cool exactly.
1: um and and it's really just a, a deep dive to get everyone you know at, up with the latest and and talking to each other and hopefully we can do this more often
0: okay and anybody can can sign up for that or? if you've got money oh. you can come okay yeah okay. That's i think it's
1: 250 for the two days including meals and you'll get a cool t-shirt limited edition
0: all right, uh printed I, in Brooklyn. I think we're actually we have a speaker slot, so yeah. um, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe I'll show up as yeah, yeah, well. Definitely, I want yeah. that t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so you, you said, you know, you're always looking at the latest and greatest. What is the latest thing that you've learned about the technology or any 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 technology where you're like, whoa. I didn't know that, I didn't expect that.
1: Uh what what I'm impressed by is the continual advance in improvement and reliability of process and materials together from the hardware and materials teams, you know, and it, it's sort of, it's what makes me think, okay, you guys have got this, this hard machine material side thing. I'm going to come over here and talk about design for a while because we have to feed those machines, cool designs to make the, those materials worthwhile now. Yeah. And so the, the the main thing I've sort of in the last year and a half, I'm going to say is how impressed i am with the improvement in material qualities of parts and so that's kind of you know it's it's i think it's been a gradual improvement but i think it's sort of reached a a a high point recently it's been impressive
0: yeah that's a good point i that the industry had a continuous maturing curve for a while but it's in the past two years maybe COVID helped who knows maybe it really shot up yeah it really shot up yeah
1: and i and i L- I'm less concerned about how a part will perform once it's designed because you know, there's a little bunch of PhDs and very smart people working on making sure that stuff works. And now we just we need to help engineers understand wh- what is possible and then get them thinking about how to design for it.
0: So when you, when you think about design and when you think about the, the future that you mentioned, um, what's the biggest impact? Additive manufacturing can have, to, yeah, to to create a better future for for us, for future generations, and generations after future generations.
1: Oh, I think if you, if I was to simplify it, it's it's um, reduction of use of energy, efficient use of energy, because I, I think if we like the simplest thing is like humans like we use way way too much energy to do everything we do. And, yeah. we, and we put ourselves in these bubbles where we have to be at 21 degrees all, all year round. It's insane. Like if any other animal we saw on the planet was doing this, we'd be like, let's kill those things because <laughs> yeah. they're going to screw it up for everybody. So I think we just need to be, you know, we, we, we need to change as how we deal with energy as humans. And I think um, we as engineers and designers can do our part to, force that a little bit and you know help things be better for when people are too lazy to make the changes they should be making for themselves
0: i mean first of all i couldn't agree more on the the air conditioning i i grew up in germany we uh, don't have air conditioning i'm not sure about have air
1: conditioning until i was like in my late 30s
0: yeah yeah i mean I now, now i like it at night uh but uh so one thing that I've I've noticed too is that not only hardware is advancing very rapidly but also software. And I think one interesting company to mention is is Hyperganic <laughs> who has developed a a new way of designing at least from my perspective, a algorithmic yeah. design approach meaning input parameters or physics models or uh, certain manufacturing process parameters yeah. and they 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 really in a different way, aid the the human creativity, like I haven't seen before. What is what is your viewpoint on it, these new types of yeah. tools that that that, from my perspective, can really have an interesting impact on making the technology more accessible and creating parts that really, really we haven't seen ever before.
1: I think one of the things I find most two two things I find interesting about hyperganic in particular is there. Not replacing CAD, yeah, they're replacing the design process or engineering process to affect an outcome, like that's like so. You're not thinking, let's make this less bad, let's not have lines and curves you have to do, let's just bypass that. Because, um, CAD was based on drafting, which was based on. Which was based on woodwork, basically. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, and welding. And then the second thing is to not build a monolithic piece of software, which everybody has to buy, and then use the components that they want, which is infuriating. Yeah. So for, for uh, as someone who's pumped CAD, and then you've got these nine modules you have to hide because you're never going to use them in your entire life. The fact that uh, a company or a or a a provider or a or or a design uh collective or engineer or an app developer can use these modules to create an application to solve a a set of problems and not have any of the fluff and make the ux exactly as to what's required it's pretty cool you know and it's a it's a very software first approach and it's this, this concept of, of, of software driving design is kind of what got me into Additive in the first place is because I was looking at app, app developers can make money multiple times from one app. Yeah. And a designer, if you're designing something, once it's made, you can only get so much money. You could design something else to make money again. And you kind of your scalability of getting in revenue from your, is this our red line? Our designers is, is limited. But if you can design a workflow which makes objects continuously, which are customizable or not, then you can monetize that as an engineer or a software developer for physical products, which is really hard to do in other ways. And I think that's pretty cool.
0: That is that is very really cool and um, yeah we we now discussed uh, new hardware new design tools we talked about new business models as you said and uh, we talked about the the impact that additive manufacturing can have on not only manufacturing but on the whole world and yeah we're we're here at IMTS plus and also partially at the additive snack podcast so in in a few sentences if you want to wrap up what is the one additive knowledge snack that you want to give the audience out there on how to get into, into Additive.
1: Okay, so, so if you want to get into Additive, start easy, start simple, m- make something that's fun and kind of worthless. <laughs> and then work your way up to make something that holds something, then make something that holds something of value, and then make something of value, and then design something that's high-performing. Like move your way up that, up that arc. Um, it's like the, this, the normal crawl, walk, run Thing because the, the tendency is to run, full walk, crawl, walk, run. So don't run first. Just take it easy, play, have fun, get addicted,
0: go for it. Love that. Uh, don't run too fast and don't trip. So yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Duan. It was awesome to have you here at yeah. IMTS Plus. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you are uh, interested in learning more about Duan, check out the uh, DFM Substack. And, uh, yeah, maybe even check him out at Penn State in, in a couple of weeks. And if you
1: can make your way to City College, City, City College, I don't even know. Not Penn, sure. Penn State, uh, next, in the next couple of weeks, 27th, 28th of September. And if not, if you want to learn more about Additive Online, check out MIT's AMX course. It runs a couple of time, many times a year and is full of, like, really useful content to get started. Awesome. Thanks so much.
0: I really hope you were able to take away some of Duan's advice. I really like his suggestion of starting with an easy additive manufacturing project. We see companies struggle regularly, who start with a challenging project without spending much time on education and truly learning the technology itself. So please approach AM the right way. Focus on understanding the technology with all its opportunities and all its limitations identify the right application where AM can add value in a positive business case and get in some early wins. In do words, crawl, walk, and then run. And be mindful to the fact that your learning journey never stops. So stay curious and keep an open mind. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app to continue to learn from the world's leading experts in additive manufacturing, including our upcoming mini-series, the AM Space Race, launching in February 2023. That was it with our special series live from IMTS. But stay tuned. We'll be back in February. I am Fabian Allefeld. Thank you for listening to Additive Snack. A big thank you goes out to Kristen War and Shannon Bauch, as well as the IMTS Plus team and the Industrial Strength Marketing team with James Soto, Jim Olin, Jim Eisenberg, and Jessica Goff.